Hi, it's Mark Bittman, and welcome to Food. As always, you can reach out to us at food at markbittman.com. Let us know your questions, your answers, your suggestions, your rants, your raves, what you love or hate about us. Please subscribe to the podcast and rate us. Also, please consider subscribing to our frequently appearing, thrice weekly, four times weekly appearing newsletter, The Bitman Project. That's at bitmanproject.com. And uh, we think you'll like that too. If you like all things related to what we're doing, you will like The Bitman Project. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. I wonder if you ever think about people as seasons. I'm asking this because today's guest is absolutely an embodiment of summer, warm, delightful, universally lovable, or at least as much as a human or a season can be. It is Al Roker. 
And this is an episode from more than a year ago, but for the aforementioned reasons, it feels seasonally appropriate. I've known Al for a long time through my appearances on Today, which began 21 years ago, and where he's now worked for almost 30 years. And we talked about that and cooking and his family and his undying positivity, which is probably his most unique characteristic. Here's a fun fact. When this episode aired, our engineer Davis, who is barely 30, was so excited he grew up watching Al and is a total fan. So here we go. Thank you, Al, for joining me. My pleasure. <laughs> this run. You know you're one of my favorite people going, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you for saying that. You know, I sit down, Kate and I do these together or do the prep together, and there's always this sort of like, when we get past the obvious, what are we supposed to be saying here? And with you, it's like, I mean, I'm not blowing smoke. You're so accomplished. You're widely loved. It's hard to know where to start and where to end. I mean, anyone who thinks you of you as the weather guy has not been paying attention. So um, there's just a lot to cover. Anyway, we've had similar experiences in that if you do an okay job, or we could even say a good job in journalism, they kind of let you float around and do what you want to do. That you you know, if you show you can handle one thing. At least that's been my experience. They let you they let you try another. Yeah, and I think it's also being willing to raise your hand and say, "Yeah, I'll do that. Sure, why not? Yeah, I'll yeah, what uh uh you know, go go bungee jumping? Well, although I will I won't go bungee jumping. That's probably the, <laughs> the bungee jumping and skydiving are the, my two that's where I draw the line. Unless something's happened to the plane, I'm staying inside. <laughs> right. Uh, but but you know, otherwise it's this yeah, and I tell, tell when I talk to students all the time, I said, you know, don't think you know what you want to do. You don't know what you want to do. You don't know what you don't know. And so, I, look, I never wanted to be, I never planned to be a TV weather person. You know, it just, I kind of fell into it. So, yeah, the, just the ability to be able to do different things and raise your hand and be able to do them is, is such a blessing. Do you know how many books you've written? I think 13. And my last one was kind of a memoir, but it was more like advice sort of that I've learned. It was called, uh, you look so much better in person because I get that all the time Mm. at the window, especially now that we're taking pictures again with the crowd outside and invariably somebody, at least one person will go, Oh my gosh, you look so much better in person. And I know they mean it as a compliment. Right. Right. And yet, it really isn't, uh, <laughs> given that I make my living on television. Right. Uh, but, you know, I've written a book with Deborah, you know, that was kind of been there. It was called Been There, Done That. It was kind of a look at relationships, kind of a he said, she said, Rashomon kind of thing. We even got our kids involved in it. But, you know, I, I, I've, I, I think most of us do things subconsciously to please our parents or not so subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my mother was a voracious reader, just, you know, my dad barely cracked a book, but my mother was, I mean, read the paper, but my mother was a voracious reader. And so I think I wrote my first book just to impress my mom, you know, and then, and, you know, so that was a kind of a, it was about our journey having kids because we suffered from infertility and IVF. And then my next book was a, a, a cookbook, a couple of cookbooks. And I did a 
couple of, I did a few murder mysteries and some other stuff. And, and it's always, I did some historical weather books. It's very funny because it's not, again, it's, a, it's like an accidental career, Mark. I, I don't know how you got to where you are, but every opportunity I've had is, is nothing that I really sought out. It just kind of happened. Well, yeah, I'm not the subject here, but I will say there were a few times I was aggressive. <laughs> it didn't all, but but it is also true that I've, I'm not a religious person. I don't feel as if I were guided by the hand of God or anything, but a lot of stuff does feel like, I don't know how that happened. I mean, it just happened. We'll talk about your famous weight loss, and I'd like to talk about your cookbooks too, But you, and you just mentioned this thing that You've written a couple of books about what I guess you might broadly call weather, but really, which are natural disasters, the Johnstown flood and the, of 1889 and the great hurricane of 1900. I've sort of been fascinated by those things. Also, I was just talking to a friend of mine about the Johnstown flood, and he said, well, it is the great story because there's actually bad guys. Like, it was a big disaster, but it was somebody's fault, and the fault was of Rich people from the Northeast. Rich yeah. people yeah. who wanted their own little, you know, kind of Adirondacks, except, uh, you know, in, in you know, out in uh, Pennsylvania. And, you know, like a lot of the robber barons, they cut costs, they cut corners, and and the people down downstream paid a tremendous, tremendous cost. Uh, so especially that one really is a parable for today, you know, that nature finds a way and they thought that they could tame this this the power of water and unless you take great care and precautions you're going to have a disaster on your hands and that's what happened a, 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 you know a dam gave way a, a natural a lake was was changed and but the proper precautions weren't taken and, a, and an entire valley was almost wiped away yeah i mean they were and they were warned and they they were told about it they were people there were you know, and, and and there were a lot of heroic stories that came out of it, but you know, it, it is one of those truths stranger than fiction, or more horrific than fiction in some cases, but and and the intersections of historical figures and you know these you know the the the, the bold faced names of the time of the Gilded Age, you know, who ended up not paying a whit either publicly or financially for their misdeeds. No consequences. Really. No consequences whatsoever, and. You know, you could look to today and maybe make the same parallels. I'm wondering what grabbed you about that and if you have other books like that in you. Those are history books. Yeah, they're history. You know, look, I, I do believe the greatest existential threat besides perhaps what's happening in Europe, uh, but I think globally the greatest existential threat to the world is, is climate change. And uh, look, I'm I'm not Joe scientist, so but I I would like to try to figure out some way without being preachy about a call to arms, and maybe even more importantly, try to make it somewhat positive. In that, what are the things we can do? What's within our control individually, and what we can do to help nudge our government to make these these investments and these changes that have to be made if we're going to survive. And look, we can do it. We, If there is a global will, you remember when we were talking about uh, the hole in the ozone, massive hole in the ozone, it was causing radiation levels to climb, warming the earth. 
And we made changes. We changed the way we cooled our homes and cars and uh, banned certain chemicals. And lo and behold, lo these many years, that that hole is gone. So so we can do it. We just have to have the political wherewithal and, uh, and economic wherewithal to do it. And in the end of the day, it makes life better for everybody, both from an economic standpoint, from a job standpoint, from, from a quality of life standpoint. Yeah, I guess the key is to convince the fossil fuel companies that you're right on that. I mean, that relatively speaking, the ozone hole was a simple fix and, and it didn't cost a lot of money. It didn't cost profits and so on. But switching the economy to renewable energy seems to be a little more challenging. It's challenging. And yeah, there's always any time. Look, it happened in this country when we went from an agrarian society to an industrial society. But eventually it evened out. And I think that's the case here. I I would make the argument to folks who live in coal country, where would you rather have your children and grandchildren go to work? In a coal mine or in a solar panel factory or a windmill factory? I think it's not a zero-sum game. I think we can, you know, and again, look, there are going to be transition and there are going to be difficulties, but not doing it is far, the cost is far greater from a human toll and an economic toll than, you know, from an environmental toll. Yeah, well, obviously, I'm with you there. I'm going to encourage you to write a manifesto or something like that. It's been like 20 years since your gastric bypass, and um, I remember it. We knew each other then. You look great. You look great in person. You look great on camera, et cetera, et cetera. You know I love your blue glasses. You posted on Instagram about your setbacks and struggles. You've written about that. You've written that you're never going back. Why don't you talk a little about that, about the challenges? Yeah. Listen, 20 years ago, gastric bypass was still, I mean, it was, it was more widespread. They'd already made the change from doing it where they would slice you from up here to down to your belly button to where, where it's done laparoscopically five holes and they go in, but there was still, I think I still had apprehension because I had struggled with my weight for my entire, you know, from the time I was probably 10 till I had the bypass and still do, but I didn't want to talk about it because I was afraid in the back of my mind that it would fail, that this would be one more thing that didn't work. And if if that, that didn't work, then where was I? I, I? I'd run out of tools in the toolbox. So, yeah, I did it. And I listen, I, I was very open about it. At, look, at first, I didn't tell anybody about it. I mean, my wife, Deborah, and my kids were the only ones who knew. Nobody else knew. In my plan, I forgot to figure out, oh, you know what? I'm going to lose weight, but I'm going to also lose weight very rapidly. Mm. I I just thought I'd have this bypass and then everything would go on. Nobody would notice. And then, of course, I lost 40 pounds in like a month. Mm. And, and and people were like, is Al Roker okay? And, right. and so we kind of had to go public with it. But look, I, I'm one of these people that I, I think you – if. You're given a platform. Why not use it? And so I thought, you know, let's let's be public about this. And it's still it's still a struggle. I mean, 20 years later, I have still had issues. Like my mom got sick and eventually passed from an, an illness. Well, in that three months of driving from New York City out to Long Island and back again and spending the day at the hospital, I was eating poorly and I gained 40 pounds. I mean, now, granted, I had gotten down to 170 and 
And so I went back up to like 220, 225, still over 100 pounds less than I was. But I thought, oh, oh, this is not good. And eventually I got it turned around again. And, you know, during the pandemic, you know, I gained the, the COVID-19 uh, and an extra five, probably for good measure. And, you know, we've come out of it and I've worked back down again. So I'm probably, you know, uh, in the in the upper 170s and, you know, feel pretty good about it. But, you know, it's still a struggle. You know, there's still, you know, those days. But I weigh myself every day because I like to know where I am and when I need to worry about anything. A, a friend of mine, this woman, Lizzie Josephsberg, is a trainer and a nutritionist, and she's got a little program called Target 100. And I walk at least 10,000 steps a day. Most days I do over 25,000. I drink over 100 ounces of water. And, uh, you know, I limit myself to about 100, 110 grams of carbs. So it's like kind of a modified keto, but it's still I get enough starch or whatever that I don't feel deprived. But I enjoy food. I love food. And and so I, I've come to realize, Lo, these many that that depriving yourself of any one food group isn't sustainable. So, yeah, but I feel I feel good. You know, I mean, I'm look, I'm gonna be 68 years old this year, and I probably am in better shape than I was than I've been in the last 20, realistically. Uh, my resting heart rate's at 52. And, you know, like I said, I'm, on average, I try to walk five to eight miles a day. Do that on the treadmill or do that on the street? Both. It's it's funny. I didn't coin this for one of our uh, stage managers, Yosef. You know Yosef. Yeah. I uh, said, so, so Al, are you doing two a days? I said, two a days. He goes, well, you know, run, you know, walking. And I think I do usually do five miles in the morning before I come to work. And then I try to get in the, out in the park for another two or three miles. So as soon as I finish here with you, I'm going to change and head out to the park. In fact, I'm shooting a story. It's coming up on National Walking Day. So I'm going to uh, meet a walking expert who can maybe help me with my gait. I want to talk about eating a little bit, but I have to interrupt. You walk five miles before work, but don't you get to work at five? Here's the interesting thing. I don't know if it's interesting, but pre-pandemic, I would get in at about 5.45 because, you know, we had to, I'd stop in at the weather office and go over everything. And then, you know, you'd come over and you'd kind of wait your turn to get into the makeup chair. Obviously, I wasn't spending time in the hair chair, but, you know, (laughs) makeup. But during the pandemic, we didn't do, we didn't have makeup. We had to do our own hair and makeup. Uh, All of my meteorologists in the morning are working from home still. So I've been able to change my my schedule so that I'm kind of done with all of my weather stuff by 3.45, and I don't get into the building until about 6.30. So I've got a chunk of time where I can, you know, I like this morning I did, uh, I only did four miles, and then I saw my trainer at 5 a.m., and I work out with him for 30 minutes, but it's an intense 30 minutes. I go upstairs, I get showered, and then head to work. Your circadian rhythms must be. Well, you know, here's the thing. We we are, as humans, I think, wonderful excuse machines. You know, you can find an excuse to avoid anything you don't want to. But I find that at 345 in the morning, there are no meetings that are going to get in the way. There's no nothing with the kids. 
nothing. So there's no excuse. And this way it's done and it's out of the way. And I can check that box. Stay tuned for more from me and Al Roker. We'll be right back. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. When you visit Arizona, Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Are you cooking much? I'm curious about what your daily routine looks like food-wise. I, I still like to cook. Yesterday, I made uh, some duck legs and uh, some roasted small potatoes in the duck fat and, and uh, roasted Brussels sprouts. 
Tonight, I'm going to do a couple of pork chops, some sauteed kale, and roasted sweet potatoes. Going into the pandemic, I think we were probably eating out or ordering in three, four days a week, you know? And then during the pandemic, I mean, you were cooking every day and you were making three meals a day. But on the upside, it gave me something to do with my son, Nick. Uh, And we started, he was the camera guy and, you know, he had a little selfie stick and we documented our meals every night. You know, what we were, we called it what, what we're cooking. And people went nuts for it. And, uh, and so I've kind of kept that going. I'd say we probably, I probably cook five to six days a week now, but again, just dinner, you know, uh, breakfast and lunch, everybody's on their their own, but I enjoy it. It's a, it's a, you know, it's it's kind of that moment of not Zen, but you know, you're, you, you kind of shut everything else out. I'm not, you know, on the phone or whatever. I just, I just, like the process. And I, you know, look, I don't, I don't do fancy. I just, I do basic, you know, grilled, roasted, you know, that's so that like life's a lot easier. Yeah. I've always felt that. I mean, I, something about cooking and it is again, one of those things I can't explain, but something about cooking has always just helped me relax. And the way that it punctuates, although I often cook lunch still, and I sometimes cook breakfast, but something about cooking dinner and calling at the end of the day, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've always really liked that. Odds are, uh, depending on the day, Deborah's in the kitchen too. Nick will come down. He's maybe got his tutor or something like that, but in between comes into the kitchen, grabs something to eat, you know, an almost 20 year old. He's either in front of the fridge or the pantry, one or the other, or, or going anywhere in <laughs> yeah, between. So. Yeah. Sadly, I feel like you can say that about me too, but yeah, <laughs> I'm curious about how you've seen food change on the segments of today. I, I think my first, well, I know my first segment was in 2002, so exactly 20 years ago. Wow. And, you know, I've, as you know, and our listeners know, I've done a few, but you've done a zillion. But I'm just curious what trends you might have seen in the last 20 years on the show, what people were doing and what they are doing and what's been in between. I, I think, obviously, I, probably the biggest trend is moving to more toward plant-based meals not as just side dishes, but main dishes. I think that has been, and it's been gaining steam and size and scale. I think simplicity, I think back, you know, 2000, 2002, whatever, you know, it was the French cooking and this and that. Now it's, it's more regional cooking, but simpler, good, you know, quality ingredients, food that takes fewer steps that make it, you know, we had uh, the guy, the chef today, Evan Funky, uh, he's got a Mother Wolf restaurant in Los Angeles. And he made it, ch- uh, I always mispronounce it. It's easy. Cacha uh, e Pepe? Yeah, that's not mispronounced. Okay, I couldn't, it didn't sound right coming out. But, you know, I mean, that's that's a pretty simple. Yeah, it doesn't get much simpler. Yeah. But one of the joys of doing the show, as the chef as star, in a sense, or, or appreciating chefs uh, has become uh, more of a part of our culture, getting to meet folks and their their philosophies and and taking some pride. I mean, I've got a daughter who's a chef, you know, and, you know, has worked at the show and now is a test kitchen manager for an appliance company and knows what she's doing. And uh, I think we hold and revere a little bit the folks who are in uh, in the food business because 
food is basically, in a sense, love, nurturing. You know, whether, I mean, yeah, you go to a restaurant, you're paying for it. But, you know, when it's somebody, somebody's made you a meal, that's an act of kindness. You know, especially if it's somebody you've gone to their home or whatever. That's, to me, I, I just don't see anything uh, more personal, a, a gift, than cooking something. Yeah, I agree with that. And I often say to people who are nervous about cooking for other people, other people are always grateful when you cook for them. They never think, oh, this sucks. They're always like, I'm so happy you cooked for me. This is so yeah, great. I, and in fact, my philosophy is, and it, it drives Deborah crazy, because I always try a new recipe when somebody's coming over. Mm-hmm. I just I figure, here's a here's a chance to try something different. You know? She says, why would you do that? I said, why not? You know? yeah, I said, in fact, wrong. it's probably better because... A, they don't know what it is you're making, and B, they're so happy just to have a meal. Even if it's not the best meal in the world, they're still happy about it. They're walking in with every intention of enjoying themselves. They are already grateful, and it's a really wonderful position to be in. You kind of can't go wrong. Two last questions. You're a very open person. I, I think you had, well, you have been as long as I've known you. You're, you're spiritual. You go to church. Um you are inspiring. Your personal spirit is inspiring. And especially given, and also you've been very public about this, your many health challenges over the years, which you've been given a, that you're a Today Show person, really public about them. Yet you seem to always be in a good mood. It's always a joy to see you. It, you're, it's fun to be around you. What's the secret to that? How do you do that? Where's your inspiration? Oh, gosh. You know, I always think about my dad. You know, he, he passed at 69. He was pretty young. And, um, you know, he was a bus driver for most of my childhood. He ended up, by the time he retired, he was kind of in charge of labor relations for one of the divisions at the, the Metropolitan Transit Authority. But even when he was a bus driver, in my opinion, he was the best bus driver there was. He was he was courteous to his customers because I would on days off I would ride with him. He had a relationship with them. He always had a kind word. They were we would you know people would come on and show him pictures of his of their kids or their grandkids. He just you know he said, listen, if I I, I got a bad report card one year one semester, and I thought he was going to blow up. You know, just really furious, and he came home. And my mother had the report card and he looks at me, looks at it, looks at me. And he said, well, if you tell me that this is the best you can do, then I can't get upset. But if it's not, I'm really disappointed. And he left the room. And I was like, oh, yikes. And, and so not that that turned my life around, but, you know, it was like, if you don't do your best, why are you doing what you're doing? And and look, I, I, people have enough problems. I, I don't think they're turning into the Today Show for the grumpy weatherman. You know, it's uh, right. I mean, it might be. Yeah, a, it might be fun. <laughs> it might be a niche that needs to be filled. But you know, I'm, I enjoy myself. Listen, there are days where I don't feel like being Mister Happy. Uh, I've told this Leela, my middle girl. She was about twelve. Her room was constantly a pig pen, and and I've been after her and after. And finally, one day on a Saturday, I exploded, just went in on her. 
And all of a sudden, she bursts into tears. And I go, now what's wrong? She goes, America never sees this Al Roker. They only <laughs> see the happy Al Roker. This isn't fair. You know? <laughs> and I just started laughing. But, you know, it's so, yeah, I have my days. But, you know, the, the most days, it's like, well, how, how bad is it? You know, I've got a I've got a great job. I'm more than well compensated. I've got a great family. Listen, uh, you know, uh, we, we are very blessed that we can do what we do. And especially what we, after what we've come out of, you know, with this technology, we were able to not miss a beat and work from home. There were folks who didn't have that luxury, who didn't have that, that ability. They had to go out and work and literally literally put their lives on the line every time they stepped out their door, you know, so, so that I could stay here. So, you know, even more so after what we've come through, you know, I, I, I've, I've got so much to be grateful for and so many people uh, in my life to be grateful for. That's great. And I count you, I count you as one of them. Pittman, (laughs) you walk into the Pittman. I, I mean, know. listen. I look it, forward it, to that. And it, it's and it's kind of you know, look. I had before I even knew you. I had you know your how to how to blank. I, I had your book on my shelf, and I was like, "This is Mark Pittman for gosh sake!" You know, well, the lovable the lovable curmudgeon cook. I, this is fantastic. <laughs> I just met, honey. I just met Mark Pittman. I don't know where I got that curmudgeonly reputation. I know because you're to actually. To me, a bit I'm a, as much sweetness and light as you are. You're a, you're a teddy bear, but you know. <laughs> but well, here's the thing: because because you've got kind of an acerbic sense of humor, mm. uh, uh, you know, you 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 kind of look bemused all the time, which is which is I like you without the quirkiness and maybe the slightly edgy kind of thing. You're almost like our Larry David. But Mm-mm. but more fun. Well, thank you for that. I'll tell you, if I allowed myself to be nervous on that set, I'm sure everybody feels this way. If you thought about what it meant that you were talking to five million people at once, you would just crumble into a little <laughs> heap. So I think you kind of have to pretend it doesn't matter that much. And bemused is the right word. It's like, yeah, I'm here to have fun. I mean, yeah. that's it. Okay, last question, which you might have answered, um, but I'm going to ask it anyway, is what did you have for dinner last night? I did answer, however, tonight I have in the fridge two pretty thick pork chops that I've already salted and I'm kind of air drying. And I'm going to do uh, green beans and brown rice and a salad. Sounds great. All right. Thank you, Al. It was really fun. I'll probably see you soon. We have some Good. negotiating with your producers, and <laughs> I'll be in at some point. But it's fun to do this. I appreciate it. Anytime, my friend. All right. Take, take care, care of yourself. Mark. Bye. Bye-bye. In celebration of spring and near summer, I'm going to read you Al Roker's recipe for his famous rub, which is all-purpose. Obviously, you can use it on meat, but you can sprinkle it on vegetables. You can rub it on tofu. Anything that you're going to grill, it's great on. And this is a big recipe. That is, uh, it makes a big quantity. It'll last you, may not last you all summer, but it'll last you a while. Um, So get yourself a big container and put in it one cup of brown sugar, 
a half a cup of black pepper. That is a lot. That is also way easier if you buy ground black pepper. But you can use a, a spice grinder or a coffee mill and start with peppercorns. A half a cup of salt. A half a cup of adobo, which you will buy. Three quarters of a cup of paprika, and um, you could use pimenton if you prefer. Three quarters of a cup of chili powder two tablespoons of ground cinnamon, and two tablespoons of ground allspice. Note that those are big quantities. So um, this is probably, well, this is close to four cups of of stuff. So use a, I don't know, something like a coffee can as a storage or that size. Isn't that, doesn't that date me? Of that size of uh, container and just mix all that up and um, use it liberally. Al's Rub. Thank you, of course, to the universally lovable Al Roker for joining me on Food Today. Follow him on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Al Roker. You can spell that. And you can watch him almost every weekday morning on Today. Thanks to to our producer, Kate Bittman, and to our engineer, Davis Lloyd. uh, And to all of you for listening. Please do subscribe to the podcast. Rate us. And again, please subscribe to The Bitman Project, our newsletter. We will see you next week when I promise we will have somebody awesome. Bye for now. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, You can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.